And joining us today, we have AgriGold agronomist Leslie Lloyd on with us. Leslie, great to have you on with us today. How are you, sir? Thanks, Jesse. I'm doing great uh, here on the family farm in, in West Tennessee, actually. And I cover a big part of the southeast for AgriGold. Sure. Well, I appreciate uh, you making some time to be uh, on with us here today, Leslie. And I know we're, we're talking about herbicide management practices for soybeans and a little bit for corn as well. Because uh, I wanted to ask, you know, we have a lot of talk right now about corn acres, soybean acres. Uh, folks are considering their options uh, even still right now, just with some of the planting delays. Uh, but let's talk on the herbicide side. How could choices in corn herbicides influence maybe some of the soybean choices, Leslie? So it's a great question and and something that, you know, a few months ago we were talking about shortages. We were talking about, you know, products not being available and and so some of that's easing up a little bit, but the truth is our products are a lot more expensive. So if we have a certain amount of glyphosate, certain amount of glyphosinate, we want to stretch it further. Maybe we look at options and don't just automatically put it in our tank mix for say our corn herbicides. Uh, for example, you go way back in history, you look at a product called Steadfast. Uh, now there's Steadfast Q, they put a safener in it. The safener makes all the difference in the world. It's a great option for corn now. We can control grasses in corn post-emergence that might free up some you know, glyphosate or glufosinate to go into your soybean crop, for example. So we, we can kind of dust off some of the old tools and look at how we, we might get a, the total mix of our herbicides so that we make what we do have go further. So I think that's I think that's going to be the name of the game is uh, utilizing everything in the toolbox so that we don't get caught in a trap of not having a product at the, at the right time. Very, very true. Well, that makes a lot of sense considering just the, the situation surrounding everything with, with uh, inflation, supply chains, et cetera, et cetera. And I know as well, looking on the soybean side, you know, there's always a lot of talk about using a, a mix of pre-emergence herbicide products. Why is it important to do that, Leslie? So, yeah, Jesse, that, that has been the mantra for, I don't know, 15, 17 years is we use overlapping residuals, in other words, different timings, and, and we use multiple modes of action. And it's almost like that mantra, that dogma is falling on deaf ears. I think the farmers are doing that. I think the farmers are doing it when they can. So I, I also like to look at if, if we can in a perfect world is, you know, the amount of rainfall, for example, it takes to activate this product or that product. Some of them are what I call thirsty. They require a lot of rainfall. Uh, products like Zidua and Warrant. Others are not very thirsty, like like Asoxaflutol and, and Dicamba. So they, they can get by with very little rainfall for activation. So what I've tried to do in the past is try to blend those. Have one that requires a lot of water, one that requires very little. Then what? Then you're set, no matter what Mother Nature gives us, whether you get three-tenths of an inch or six inches. So um, so those are some of the things we can do. We can look at the solubility. You can check with your retailer. You can check with your weed science folks. Solubility does matter on pre-emergence products. So that's that's one of the things I've tried to do in the past. The truth is right now, we're probably going to use what we got and, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and get it out there. So, so definitely get the, you know, try to overlap our residuals. Use residuals with your post-emergence products. That's uh, very very uh, doable now with uh, lots of products on the market from, uh, you know, dual metodochlor, acetochlor in form of warrant, uh, there's Zidua, there's lots of options for layering that pre-emergence 
even as we make our post-emergence applications. It's just a smart thing to do. Well, and I would think as well, you know, just kind of circling back and thinking about having a plan B, maybe even a C, D, E, and F, just considering, you know, supply here this spring season, and not just for this spring, but even into the 2023 crop year as well, if we continue to see some some of those different challenges out there affecting supply chains right now, Leslie. Yeah, between supply chain and resistance management, it does put farmers in a tough spot. So we need to think strategically about our what, what products we have on hand, uh, how we might stretch that. You know, it used to be uh, very simple. You poured you pour glyphosate in everything you sprayed. We're mostly glyphosate tolerant crops, and it's not necessarily the case anymore. So we might look for alternatives that can do a similar job as glyphosate. Um, Example, there's a brand new product growers may not know much about. It's uh, new on the market called Reviton. It's it's a non-selective burn down. It, it might substitute for Gramoxone or, or glyphosate in some situations. It's from a company called Helm Chemical. Brand new on the market, not well established, could be a good alternative for us uh, in certain applications and non-residual, you know, non-selective burn down. Um, so there are some tools in there in the toolbox that, that we may not have used in the past. There's some old tools that we may drag out and that just lets us, uh, use everything in the toolbox instead of just, just a couple of items, which unfortunately we've relied on, a, you know, two main items in the toolbox for way too long. Very true. Well, I know as well as we get into the growing season, scouting is always important. Talk about uh, scouting for weeds during the growing season, Leslie, and why it's so important. Yeah, it's probably more important than ever. Um, you know, we don't have any do-overs. We don't have enough product to do do-overs. The cost of making a second application can be really high now. Um, so scouting, knowing what you have, knowing the weed size, um, so critically important when we're, when we're talking about getting good coverage for post-emergence products, for example. Um, one, one tip I've got for folks, uh, there's going to be a lot of glufosinate, a lot of Liberty type product sprayed on soybeans. Um, do it right the first time. Don't skimp on water. More is always better. I've, I found over the years that you can spray it twice with 15 gallons each, so a total of 30 gallons, or you can do it once with 25 and just do a better job, more economical, and you don't have to go back that second time. So bump your water up. Use your proper amount of ammonium sulfate products. Do all those things, you know, after you scout and you decide what to, to spray. Do all those things that are going to get you the job done right the first time. So we can't cut corners this year. We just can't. Well, Leslie, fantastic insight. Any other final thoughts about herbicide management practices you have for us today? Uh, just uh, scout your fields, know what you've got. Uh, obviously, we don't want to waste product. They're too expensive right now and, and short. Um, use proper gallonages and coverages. Um, you know, be creative. Sometimes we may want to look to the past to pull some products off the shelf and save some of our uh, product for, for, say, your double crop beans. Double crop beans are going to be very large in, say, North Carolina. A lot of wheat put in. Uh, we want to make sure we've got the product in place. So look at what you've got on hand. Look at what your retailer can get you. And maybe be creative and save some of the glufosinate delivery products for your double crop applications. So um, just be creative and, uh, and follow the labels, of course, and use maximum water. There's very little room for do-overs this year. 
Very, very true. Well, I know if uh, growers have questions, they could reach out to their local uh, agrigold agronomists such as yourself uh, to get a little help and advice, can't they? Absolutely. You know, you know, one of the things about agrigold is we offer several trait packages. We have conventional beans and folks can do a good job with those. We have, uh, of course, extend and extend flex. And we also have E3. So we've got a very large testing program for E3 genetics. So we want to be prepared for whatever questions the growers have us have for us. Um, we're not tied down to one herbicide platform for soybeans. So that gives us a lot of versatility when the farmers got questions and, and how do how do we handle this weed or that weed or, or this growing condition. So that's one advantage Agrigold has over some of our competitors is that um, multiple platforms. Well, I know folks can learn more at agrigold.com as well. Leslie, I should ask you before we run out of time, I know you said you're on the farm in West Tennessee and you cover the Southeast and I know the Southeast has had better weather to get some planting done here. Uh, what's planting progress looking like, uh, it, where you're at now and, and back home as well? Yeah. So West Tennessee has been a challenge, uh, on our farm here. They finally squeaked the corn in uh, a couple of days ago and then we've got a giant rain. Uh, you're exactly right. The Southeast, we've had really nice conditions. Our corn crop is in, it's, it's uh, 90 plus percent in. Uh, they're working hard on cotton. Um, Going to be a lot of double crop beans. So a lot of folks uh, are getting caught up on their corn and early beans. So yeah, the Southeast could not be more different than the Midwest and upper Midwest. Uh, you know, We've had good luck. We've had good growing, good planting conditions. Got some beautiful corn trials. Our bean trials are coming up. We're fortunate, uh, but we also realize there's there's a lot of folks not as fortunate, and um, so we're pretty pleased. We could all, we're in a situation we could use rain, and I know the folks in the Dakotas and up there would gladly ship it our way. Um, so we're getting a little dry, but overall, crop progress is excellent. Um, we're in really good shape in the southeast. Feel good. Well, hopefully uh, some of that rain from up north can get shifted down to the southeast here soon. Again, folks can learn more online, agrigold.com. With that, agrigold agronomist Leslie Lloyd, thanks for joining us here today. We appreciate the time. Thank you, Jesse. Enjoyed it, and you have a great day, sir.